<clears throat> All right, so Will, um, thank you, David, for sharing that. That is uh, a huge um, thing to do in life. It's easy to, to talk about love, and it's actually sometimes really difficult to, to love, and um, especially at places where you're stressed, like workplaces, that's where you know, the lack of love really could, could shine. So may God give us grace, like David was saying. To, today I'd like to uh, bring our attention to Genesis chapter 32. I'll read one verse from chapter 31, and I'm going to talk about Jacob. So I'm going to grab a mic. One. So <clears throat> Jacob is... Um, you guys know the story of Jacob, right? He runs away from his, uh, from his place because he stole his older brother's blessing. His older brother wants to kill him. And his, wa- uh, his mom, she makes this um, situation where she, in my mind, the way I understand it, pretends to send Jacob to get a wife. Although she does want a wife for Jacob there. But she uses that to have um, Isaac send him away so that Esau doesn't kill him. And so she does this whole thing. Jacob runs away, finds a wife. 20 years later, he's still there. And he's been through hard times. He's been tricked, Jacob says, 10 times by his father-in-law. He's been, um, there's, I'm not going to get into the details, but he's had a really hard time there. And he is at the point where he wants to, to go back home and he decides to run away, just book it. Um, he runs away, his father-in-law catches up to him, um, and then God like protects him in a wonderful way. And it seems like everything is finally normalizing. Jacob is returning back home. Um, you know, um, Canaan is behind him. His father, his, his mom perhaps are right there. Some say his mom had already died. And, um, and then a problem happens. Jacob sends messengers to his father's house or to Esau, I I should say. And he just kind of saying, hey, I'm coming back. Like, you know, it's been 21 years. Are we cool? And they return and they say, you know, we said your, you know, we told him your message. And he's actually coming to meet you with 400 men. Like, uh, so back then, 400 men, that was, that was quite an army. And by the way, when you're traveling in a desert, and you're always thinking about feeding people. Imagine feeding 400 people. Like this guy, this guy Esau, his brother, is, has a mission. Now, people differentiate what that mission was, and that's not what we're going to talk about today. But we, I will just give you that background. Jump into this story at this place, at this junction. So Jacob heard that his brother is coming towards him with 400 people, and he, and he thinks, I'm dead. Because he doesn't have an army. He just has a family, flocks, but not an army. Um, and here's what he prays. And I'm going to start in verse uh, chapter 31, verse 13. Just listen here. I am the God of Bethel. Um, uh, basically, Jacob tells God. He says, you told me to go back um, before. But this is what he's, he's quoting. This is what he's citing. He says, God opens or reveals himself up to Jacob when he is still in Canaan and says, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. God tells Jacob, arise, go out from this land and return to the land of your kindred. So God told, told Jacob, go home, go to your father's house. Jacob didn't just do this by himself. Yes, he had a hard time, but he was a, a pretty strong character. He could take a lot. God told him to go home. And so we see point number one, 
God calls Jacob to leave his old life and move into a new life. God tells Jacob, go towards your father's house. What, my question to you is, what is God calling you today? What is God calling you today to do towards? And I, I want to guarantee you something. I think most of you do not know the specific thing God is calling you to. Because we're just too young to be there. You need more, we need more maturity. I'm talking about all of us, all youth. People get this when they're like older, like what exactly God wants them to do. Some people get it really young. But seriously, what is God calling you to do? There was a call in Jacob's life. Jacob heard, get up and go to your father's land. And here's, here's my um, sermon, kind of, it's wrapped in this. God's call to you, I want to tell you what God, what, what God is calling you to today. It is to leave your former life, whatever it is, and move towards a new life in Jesus. And this is, I'm not even talking about salvation right now. I'm talking about God is calling you towards himself. Right now, through the scriptures, through me, he is calling you, move forward, where? To your father's land. And where's your father's land? Oh, that's God's land. That's spending time with God. That's being in his presence. That's knowing him. So God is calling all of us to himself, to the father's land. Point number one. But then we get into chapter 32 and we see circumstances hit. I'm going to call them difficulties. Genesis 32, 6 through 8. Messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau. He is coming to meet you. And there are 400 men with him. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two camps. Thinking, if Esau comes and, uh, and attacks one camp, then the camp that is left will escape. So here we see God's call on your life will always be followed by difficulty. Because if, think about this, if we believe that Satan is real... That the enemy is real. That there's some force working against the will of God. Then if you are walking towards God's will, there's going to be a force working against you. Does that make sense? So you have Jacob getting a call towards his father's land. And you have a difficulty that is preventing him to go to his father's land. Fear. Now, some people say that Esau... And if you look Esau... I've, I've been... My personal time, not like studying, studying, but on my personal time, just been studying the life of Jacob and Esau's life is kind of all over the life, life of Jacob. It's like sprinkled all over. And when you read about Esau, it's like the, the feeling I get, he's not a bad guy in, 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 the, in the terms of characters. In terms of the Bible, he sold his birthright. He did a lot of wrong things. But in terms of like killing his brother, in my mind, I don't think he was going to kill him with 400 men. Maybe he wanted to show off. Maybe he wanted to scare him or something. But that's my opinion. Nobody else agrees with me in terms of like older people. Usually people are like, no, he has 400 men. And so I would say that's probably the safer idea. If he's walking towards him with 400 men. But whether the danger was death or, or it was just a fake danger, so it was just fear, the difficulty is still there. So Jacob's walking towards God's call, and the difficulty is in his face. Whether it's fake or real, he is scared. And so we see him dividing his camp into two camps. Uh, and if he's thinking one camp gets killed, the other camp can maybe make it out of there. 
We see God's call. We see Jacob's difficulty. And in Genesis 32, 9, we see a, J a Jacob that is confused. But he's not just confused. He cries out to God. Before we go there, I want to ask you, God's calling you to himself. What's your difficulty? Because there, we, we agreed that there's going to be a difficulty. God's call is like, whatever your name is, right? I want you to be with me. I want to, to communicate with you. I want to give you things that you've never met. I want to like, I just want to be together with you, right? That's God's call. I want you to get to know me. What is the difficulty preventing us from getting to know God, from being in his presence? And it's going to be different, I guarantee it, in every one of our lives. For some, it's movies. For some, it's music. For some, it's video games. And I'm not even going to preach about whether they're good or bad or theologically break them down. But you know what that difficulty is, what is paralyzing you, what is numbing you. What is making you afraid? What is making you incapable of actually enjoying God's presence like we heard in the testimony before? You know what that is. And you may not know what that is. You may think that the life you're living is totally cool. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a difficulty that has that, um, totally overwhelmed you. And what I'm saying is God is on your side. God is not on the side of your difficulty. He's on your side. He wants to lead you through. You're going to have a difficulty. Let's see what Jacob does. Jacob is confused, cries out to God in verse 9, and he goes, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, return to your country and to the kindred that I may do you good. Jacob is confused and he goes, God, I don't understand this. I'm feeling called towards your presence. I'm feeling called towards my father's land. And now this difficulty, you're the one who told me to go here. I thought things were going to be perfect. And what I am here to say, I'm not trying to scare anyone at all, but I, this is real life. Like when you take water baptism, things don't just become pink and, and like rosy for the rest of your life. You are actually entering into a, a, a war, a spiritual war of sorts. And God is on your side and you're going to be victorious. But what I'm saying is that you're going to have to buckle up. We as believers, all of us, we're going to have to buckle up. We're not, we can't just like relax in our spiritual couches thinking that the spiritual blessings are going to pour out in our lives when we do nothing. When the different, when the enemy, when the flesh, when sin are all around us, are bashing at us and we think we're just going to walk, this is a walk in the park. It's not a walk in the park, Christianity. And it's only possible with God. But with God, it is the most beautiful thing that you can ever do with, with your life. So Jacob is confused. He cries out to God. And here's my um, message. The third point to us is cry out to God. Continue to cry out to God. Like we heard in the testimony, that half a year of praying or of seeking God or at least having it in the back of your mind, like, God, I just want to experience your presence. You think God doesn't see that? You think God doesn't understand that? You think God doesn't love you and he's going to just withhold his blessing forever from you? No, he's going to bless you. He might be testing our hearts. He might be seeing what we're really, you know, who we really love, what we really like. Are, you know, are we genuine about this? But he's going to bless us. So the, the third point is throughout all of this, God calling you and God's call for your life is to be with him. Closer to him. Whatever closeness you think you have with him, closer to him. If you have no closeness, perfect. Closer to him. In his presence, reading, praying, in church. But if you do have difficulties, pray. 
So Jacob is confused. He's praying. He's remembering the promises of God. And in verse 22 to 23, we see something amazing. And this is the main part of my sermon. I called it, and I finally give the, the sermon title, but it doesn't matter. It's Crossing the Jabbok. I think that's the way you say it. I don't know how to say it, by the way. So, But Genesis thirty-two twenty-two says, The same night Jacob arose, took his wives, his two female servants, his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. Point number four, Jacob, with all this confusion, God, I'm trying to seek you and I'm having difficulty. I thought this was going to be working out some different way. He takes a step of faith. Because crossing the river, crossing the Jabbok was, was a, a huge deal. And the more I read this, the more I understand that crossing any river in the, in the olden days, and I've talked about this like briefly before, is a huge deal. Like entire armies, Roman armies, would have like the greatest uh, puzzles of like, how do you cross a river safely? An army, all men, all strong, and they, they have problems with this. Jacob doesn't have an army. He just has children. He just has flocks. He's crossing over the river, basically cutting his way off if he's trying to run away. Because Jacob is understanding, God told me to go towards my father's land. I have a difficulty coming my way. But God told me, God's calling me there. I feel God's call there. I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to cross the river. Which, but Jacob, what if, what if Esau attacks you? You know your way back is cut off. I know. But God is calling me to my father's land. But Jacob, if you do run back, you, you understand your kids, your wives, your flocks, everything you have, you dead. I know, but God is calling me towards the Father's land. And so my, my question, the fourth question is this. What is the step of faith that you need to take in your personal life? What is the river that you need to cross? And again, it's going to be different for every one of us. That you need to cross in your life. Your next step of faith. Your next step of obedience to God. Again, we're going back to movies. We're going back to attending prayer services. We're going back to just little things. Little things. But these are steps of faith that God looks at. God sees those things. Those are the things that God's eyes are on. Not the other stuff that other people might care about. God doesn't care about those things usually. God usually cares about the small things. Little things that we think are little. That nobody else might see. That's the thing that God's eyes are on. Are we crossing the river or not? Are we being stagnated? Are we, are we being paralyzed in our spiritual walk? Are we making steps of faith? Small steps of faith. In Jacob's life, it was a huge step of faith. Across the river, towards God's promise. God, I'm walking towards you. Step of faith. Tomorrow, God, I'm walking towards you. It's something else. Step of faith. And it, it, is, it is scary sometimes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be honest with you. It was scary for Jacob to cross over the river, but it is is definitely worth it. In Genesis 32, 25, I'm finishing. God answers Jacob. God meets Jacob. And Jacob's life is transformed. Read, read this with me. When the man saw, uh, or sorry, verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. So he crossed all of his stuff across the river. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. 
And basically, the next couple of verses, it's a story of God personally encountering Jacob and blessing him. Like God, in some physical form, is like literally with Jacob, gives him a new name, blesses him. And, 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 and Jacob, it literally says, the sun was rising as Jacob was walking towards his brother. It's a picturesque, like, finishing of that story. The sun is rising. Jacob wrestled with God all morning. He's met with God. He's received his answer. He has his victory. He knows what the meaning of his life is. And he's walking towards Esau, a, a humble man but a victorious man, in spiritually speaking, a different man. And if you ever have the time to read at the end of Genesis, Jacob's prophecy, you know Jacob has a prophecy. I don't, I've never heard Jacob called a prophet, but I think I would not be wrong to say Jacob was a prophet. This dude was prophesying about every one of his children and even some of his uh, like son's children. Don't, you don't have Abraham ever saying things like that. You don't have Isaac. This is a different person. This is a person who's found his purpose in life, who's experienced God. And we, we look at Jacob and we go, man, but that's not us. And I'm not saying that's us. I don't want the life Jacob had. And I'm never going to be like Jacob in, in the terms of spiritual patriarchy. That's not what we're saying. But what I am saying is God is calling us somewhere. And where he's calling all of us right now is towards him. Difficulties will come. Our our our. Uh, part in this is not to just you know try to fight these difficulties by ourselves try to muscle up do things Jacob tries that makes one camp makes another camp this is going to work out you know tries to analyze things he, you are our des uh, God's desire our uh, goal in life is to make small steps of faith towards God and so I want to leave you with a challenge what is the next thing that you'll do to walk towards God May God bless us. Okay? Seriously, I'm excited. Because that sermon was awesome. And, I was, and the reason I like, because I've been hearing like that, but from the other side. When I can't like, uh, where you have uh, people basically saying, um, like, oh yeah, but this guy, you know, and this, this, this. And you're just like, it hurts, you know, where, where you're, you're like, oh, but he's a brother in Christ. But he, he uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's misinformation or this or that. Uh, but I understand that, you know, what happens with people that are older, we can't do that. But what we do have, our sphere of influence, our measure of faith is us, youth. And what we can do is become stronger Christians now, when we're young, before we have businesses, before we have any of that stuff to take care of. I'm not here to judge what, what happens and what doesn't. But right now is our time to become spiritually strong, spiritually mature, spiritually loving, right? So that when we do become, get businesses, so when we do, do all the things that God blesses us with, and God will bless us, so that we might remain faithful to Him. That's what God's desire is, to change us, us, Jacob to Israel, change us into a new creation in Christ Jesus. May God bless us, may God help us, um, and may His name be glorified in everything we do. Amen? Amen. Let's stand, let's pray. Jesus